Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. friends came to studio this week it's going to be a great week it's the first week of august that means so many different things are around the corner we have all sorts of sports in full flux and today going to be a little bit outside the traditional sporting box but a good conversation upcoming welcome in it's nuanas now 1029 espn missoula maybe you're watching in statewide television swx montana television Justin Angle in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It is the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, proud presenter of the Nuanas Now Studio. You can visit them online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. A ton to get to today. If you want to stream the show, listen to it live on any of your mobile devices, your computer, any of that, go to 1029espn.com and click on Listen Live. Or you can stream the show on YouTube as well, N-U-A-N-E-Z. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have a big giveaway coming up this fall. I'll give you more details on that in a couple weeks. But in the meantime, 
You're going to want to be subscribed so you can access that and uh, be a part of the upcoming giveaway for this fall season. Justin, he is a podcast aficionado, a professor of business at the University of Montana, and a great friend of this show. Every other Tuesday, he and I do the business angle and overlay between business and sports here on Nuanas Now, presented proudly by Blackfoot Communications. And that's what this show is going to be, but basically a fully extended version of that. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the potential the speculation, but more importantly, the reality and logistics of the potential of alcohol sales, specifically beer sales, on the University of Montana campus during football season. There's some rumors swirling around. We're not here to debate or speculate about those said rumors, but more just to talk about what sort of the logistical challenges might be if they were to sell beer at Grizz or Bobcat football games here in the state of Montana. We're going to also talk about broadcasting and advertising and the overlay between those two things. It's the Olympics. It's been an interesting Olympics because of a variety of different storylines, but also some of the broadcasting challenges that they've faced with the time differences and all that. It's a Tuesday. It's the first Tuesday of the month. So that means that we also will have our Pepsi Youth Sports segment. Angela Bridegam from Girls Run Missoula is going to swing on by. It's a new running club here in town, and they're doing great things in the community to get young ladies around the Garden City involved in running. We also will have our Treasure State Stars, which we do each and every Tuesday, highlighting some of the best amateur athletes from around the state of Montana. We also have some free Tagliari Deli for you. So if you want to get a hold of the show, 888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can call or text that number at any time if you want to be involved in the show. Uh, texting is always fun because then you can just give us your questions, your feedback, all that stuff, and Tommy can forward them uh, right along to me. Hour number two, the thing that everybody's talking about, Texas and Oklahoma going to SEC, what does that mean for the uh, grander scale of college football? Well, I'll tell you exactly what it means. It means... It's the beginning of a trend because now Clemson and Florida State are also contemplating heading to the SEC for football, which means that the uh, the SEC network is going to become basically a super network. And how does that squeeze out the rest of the conferences across the country? What does it mean for TV money across the country as well? A football season is on the horizon, but can we get there? There's a lot of different requirements bouncing its way around, particularly concerning vaccines or percentages. So from an economic standpoint, from a business standpoint, what do those numbers mean? How might it affect the bottom line for certain college football programs? And then, of course, we're going to talk all things Olympics as well, not just uh, the TV broadcasts and the ratings and all that, uh, but also some of the athletes involved in it. And then another one that's in Justin's wheelhouse, he's a uh, distance runner now, a former collegiate rower, uh, but Sage Brooks, Missoula Hellgate, an outstanding athlete there for the Knights, one of the great great distance runners in the state of Montana. She's headed to Syracuse. She'll join us here about 5.30 as part of our senior spotlight. Justin, thanks so much for coming in, man. I talk to you like every week, but I haven't seen you in live person in so long. The flow is looking good, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's getting a little curly. I mean, that's one of the things, right? the haircuts and the beard trims, it's fleeting in, during the uh, the last year and a half. Not a lot of access to them. Indeed. My girls, uh, my daughters tell me, like, if I keep growing my hair, I'm going to look like Napoleon Dynamite. So <laughs> I don't know if that's quite something uh, I should be aspiring to, but hey, we all have to have goals. <laughs> that's exactly right. Before we get into uh, the proposition of beer at football games, a couple other things to touch upon. First and foremost, right before we went on air, we were talking about uh, crazy distance runners and, and crazy distance uh, endurance athletes. You are going back east soon. Tell me the the, the guy's name again that you're going to go follow and watch. Yeah, my friend uh, Scott Jurek is uh, going to be 
doing a trail run out on the East Coast. And he's, I don't think he's public about this yet, so he put me on the spot a little bit. But some okay. years ago, he, he uh, ran on a uh, certain long trail that happens to go the length of the East Coast. Um Appalachian Trail, for those of you that can't fill in the blank. Um, but yeah, he's going to be out on that trail again, and I'm hoping to join him on the New Hampshire segment. That's a segment that's uh, particularly important to me. I grew up in New Hampshire, and those um, the White Mountains were my old stomping grounds, so it'll be a special time with an old friend in a familiar place. I'm excited to do that. Yeah, As a uh, longtime sports writer, it, it's funny because everybody asks me, what are your favorite sports to cover? And they assume I'm going to say basketball or football or one of the mainstream sports. In fact, extreme distance sports is among my favorite things to cover from a writing perspective because the visuals are going to be so rich oh, yeah. and the quotes are going to be so amazing. I mean, these the athletes, when the races are finished, the endorphins are flowing. So it's like they're high as a kite. They're so funny and sometimes uh, just completely out to lunch or sometimes just so euphoric. And it reminded me of my one of the sports writing classes I took at the University of Montana uh, when I was in school, and one of the uh, Jeff Hull was the professor, it was a feature writing uh-huh, class, and Je- Jeff. Jeff's a great uh, writer and author, and uh, he's been a good friend of mine ever since I took his class there in college. But one of the articles he assigned was an article titled "Whatever K- Doesn't Kill Me Makes Me Stranger." That's about Yuri Robic, who is widely considered the greatest long distance bicyclist in the world. He has, I think, ridden as many as 560 consecutive miles without yep. stopping. But you were talking right before the show that uh, oftentimes athleticism or, or just the, the competition of sport is the endurance of pain uh, mm-hmm. above all else. And that's what Robic's whole theory is. If he can get himself to make his mind go into a state of actual hallucination, then his body can fully operate for five to six times longer than you would actually think. So it's your mind that's shutting down your body, not your body that's giving up on your mind. So I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, 100%. At those distances, I mean, yeah, it's a physical uh, endeavor. You have to keep yourself going. You got to fuel yourself. You got to pace yourself, all those things. And you have to be fit enough. But after a certain distance, I mean, it's all about managing the pain and, um, and sort of getting to a state where you don't necessarily feel the pain, but you're sort of at, at one with it. It's kind of meditative at those later stages of those long events. Well, that's what he was talking about, too. He said he got to the point where his first hallucination would be he would be running from uh, some sort of foreign warriors that were chasing him. <laughs> but then he would get to the point where he was running across some magical land with a whole bunch of horses. and uh, Amazing. Amazing what the human body can do and what the human mind can do as well. That's got to be a little dangerous on a bicycle. Uh, uh, right. Hallucination. <laughs> well, I've, I've had that a little bit running, right. but on a bike, that's a whole different ballgame. Well, he has this whole team and because they monitor him because right. he, cer- he certainly goes into this state of unconsciousness in certain realms. Like He's not managing himself very well he, he's just enduring and so they sort of take shifts riding along with him and <laughs> what a crazy thing to dedicate yourself to but what a what an impressive thing as well i was thinking about that during the olympics too with the olympic swimming there was the relay race where katie ledecky ran uh, swam the anchor and they have this new cursor where they tell you how many meters per second they're swimming right she was swimming like almost uh, a quarter of a meter faster than any man all Olympics had swam just out of sheer will. Wow. I mean, she's fa- swimming faster than she's ever swam before in her life, not because of her training or her conditioning, but because of the moment. Mm-hmm. And to chase somebody down with that level of adrenaline, it, it's truly amazing. The Olympics has been uh, so fun to watch. I know we're going to get to that, but it's it's been awesome so far to, to monitor, especially the swimming. I think that's been outstanding. The other thing I want to talk to you about before we get to beer sales in the stadium 
is something that's uh, of utmost pertinence at this exact moment. If you haven't noticed, it's smoky outside. Some of the videos that are coming out of uh, Flathead Lake and the fire that is up there by Skidoo Bay and Finley Point are at the same time uh, majestic and spectacular and absolutely horrifying. I just can't even believe some of the just the explosions that are happening, the way that it's spreading. But you were part of a great project leading up to this fire season, a podcast called Fireline. And it's sort of a history and commentary and analysis and also prognostication of what could be if we don't make certain steps. And so this is, you know, this is not a political conversation. This is a podcast about the actual scientific nature of what wildfires are all about and why they've gotten so much worse. This has to just be sort of uh, starting, startlingly affirming for you the fact that we have so much smoke already and it just turned August. Yeah, I mean, we released the show back in uh, March and we sort of knew that the content would sort of ripen as fire season approached. It came to Western Montana, I think, a little bit earlier than anybody would have wanted it to with smoke shortly after the 4th of July and a lot of fire starts associated with the 4th of July. Um, I think the podcast Fireline, what, our, what we intend to do was help listeners understand in the lay listener somebody just lives in the west or, or maybe not even in the west but just somebody who lives in proximity to fire to help us understand you know how we got to this moment and the role we all play in the system um and the the, the, the nice thing about the form of a podcast is you, know, you can kind of do long-form nuanced conversations it doesn't sort of break down along political lines it's not one side versus the other there's a lot of complication to it um particularly in the science the science isn't um I mean, science is clear in some dimensions like warmer temperatures mean more fire that's pretty sure. established um but, you know, how that affects different places and the people in those places, um, there's a lot of variation and what that means for policy and practice, how we fight fires, how we make uh, decisions about where to build and not to build and how we build, how to design communities, the responsibilities for homeowners. We get into all of those issues, along with some of the history and how some of those issues may be affect different groups differently you know it's not um there's not um equality across these effects they affect different groups in different ways so yeah that was kind of what we set out to do and it's it's um you know i, I have mixed feelings about the show again a gaining uh, resonance right now it's nice to see people tuning in and listening but it's also um the circumstances under which people are motivated to learn more about wildfire are not necessarily ideal so many of the, uh, I'm not even going to say issues, but so many of the things that are important to us in the state of Montana, too, from public lands to open space to uh, the timber industry to conservation uh, to forestry, which is still certainly one of the best uh, academic programs at the University of Montana. All of those things are, are affected by or directly correlated to, I mean, there's also the economy and industry of wildland firefighting. There's a, a large group of guys and, and females too, a large group of people that uh, participate and uh, are, are part of wildland fires as well. And it's a good uh, job. I did it when I was in college. I enjoyed it immensely, but it also can get intense. And yep. uh, I mean, that's worth noting as well. Anybody and everybody that's out there fighting fires on our behalf, we appreciate you so much because it is 
uh, unbelievably strenuous and a lot of times dangerous uh, endeavor. But regardless, check out Fireline, Justin and, and uh, his team's podcast, because it is worth knowing about. It's certainly something that I think that if you can just take an objective view, not it's not about one side or the other. It's just the facts of the matter and the situation that we live in. And I think it's important uh, to truly understand. So you can find that on all your various uh, podcast platforms and uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. All that stuff. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Justin Angle in studio with me from stem to stern. All right, let's talk about this. I've heard some rumors swirling. We're not going to talk about the rumor side of this much, but I have heard that it's at least being considered beer sales at Montana Montana State football games, particularly here in Missoula. Well, this has been something that's been talked about for quite some time. The Grizzlies, when they are uh, rolling along, they're averaging 26,000-plus fans per game. Uh, The university itself does have a catering license that allows it to serve liquor and beer uh, in certain forms or fashions. Usually, you just have to go to the private suites to get there. But it also seems like a pretty profound uh, opportunity for uh, some extra revenue. Department and a university that is certainly in need of revenue. But... It's not as easy as just buying some kegs of Bud Light and start serving beer. Because if it was, they would have been doing it long ago. So I know that there's a lot of uh, things from the athletic side that I've heard that are issues with this. But if this were to happen, what are some of the obstacles in your mind, especially from a business perspective, Justin, uh, that the University of Montana particularly would have to overcome? Absolutely. And I appreciate you uh, how you set that up, Coulter. And I just want to reiterate for listeners, like, I am not involved in these negotiations. I'm not officially representative of policy or anything like that, but I think we can sort of consider some of the implications here. I mean, the university actually does not have a liquor license. It runs it through subcontractors. That's right. That's right. Yeah, they contract through uh, uh, the Badlander, who does our catering, too, for the uh, pre- and post-game show, by the way. Exactly. So, you know, for the university to get a liquor license, that's a whole nother sort of can of worms. And then that, that means... Um, all kinds of training implications. I think the, anybody that's serving alcohol has to get training uh, like every three years or something like that. There's a whole suite of policies uh, to comply um, with that. So anyway, the key kind of questions I think about are, you know, who gets the revenue? Um, if you subcontract it, you're going to have to split that revenue. And then who assumes the liability? Presumably it would be the, you know, I think that's why we have the thing with the Badlander now is that the Badlander assumes some of the, 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 the liability there. And there are significant liability issues. If you think of Grizzly Stadium, you know, it now holds 26,000 people, but like a lot of the infrastructure was designed for when it could hold 10,000 That's exactly people. right. And so... The, that, the internal infrastructure has not changed since the opening of the venue in 1985 when it ho- held 11,500 people. Yeah. So we're thinking about restrooms, we're thinking about traffic patterns, we're thinking about lines, you add alcohol into that mix, it adds potential for problems, both problems in terms of consumption of those resources, but, you know, people a little tipsy, they might fall down the stairs more sure, <laughs> often, you sure. know, things like that. But then issues like, can people leave the stadium and come back? Um, that gets more complicated. How do you enforce that crowd flow? How do you train employees? So there's, uh, you know, like you said, it's not quite as simple as flipping the switch. I, you know, I think as a university, that is a little cash strap. That's not a... Um, that's not a secret to many listeners. For sure. But um, just selling beer to make some money isn't quite as simple as folks might think. To put this in perspective, because I think that th- this is something we talk about here on Nuanas Now a lot, but also I think something that needs to be 
it needs to continue to be reemphasized. There's a distinct difference in the way that athletic departments particularly generate revenue. You can either get revenue as a subsidy from the state and or the university, and many schools do that by charging student athletic fees and capitalizing on their sizable populations. For example, Northern Arizona University has about four, maybe four and a half times as many students as the University of Montana. If you went to a football game at NAU, you'd say, oh, Montana makes a hundred times more money than Northern Arizona does on football. It's not true because every student that goes to NAU, almost 28,000 of them are paying for football tickets. They're just not going. Only 200 of them are going. (laughs) And so uh, it's a massive generation though, a massive revenue generation. Northern Arizona is in the midst of building a 50 or $60 million athletic facility. None of, uh, hardly any, I shouldn't say none because I don't know that for a fact, but hardly any of that money was privately fundraised. Instead, it, it, it was, uh, Subsidized by either the school or the state or both. So what we're talking about here is, although everybody has had financial challenges over the last year and a half uh, when it comes to football or lack thereof, it was actually the schools that have the greatest followings, Montana and Montana State, that were hurt the most and will also have the hardest time recouping those because they're not just built into the system. So therefore, when you talk about Montana having a nearly $6 million shortfall because of not having football in the fall of 2020, significant revenue that you need to make up. Here, I understand all of the logistical challenges of uh, the concourse and the way that the stadium has uh, grown but not grown and the crowd flow and all that stuff. The number one thing I never really understood, though, is what is the, why is there this premise that if you sell alcohol, you can't have entry and exit? It just It seems like... I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. I get why you maybe you want to capitalize on the people by making them buy the alcohol from you. But I also think that Montana could just go outside the box and just allow entry and exit while still selling alcohol and and make a revenue stream. Yeah, I don't exactly understand the legal implications. I'm not an right. I think the premise is like, hey, somebody you know, has a couple of beers during the first half, goes out at halftime, has more to drink, comes back. Sure. And now you're in a position where, I mean, any any place that serves alcohol has to take on the decision of whether or not to keep serving a customer. And, you know, I would think that with the sort of number of access points at a stadium like Washington Grizzly Stadium and the fact that maybe it's going to be students who are employed at these serving points, I mean, that puts a lot on that staff um, for making these sorts of decisions. That's not to say it's an insurmountable problem. That would be my guess uh, as to as to why it's a big problem. I mean, you see it downtown on the bar scene. People leave one bar, they go to another. Uh, they they leave one bar, go out for a smoke, they come back in. So it's not it's not a new problem. Um, in the stadium, it's a, it's a little bit more complicated to solve. There is some talk about like. Could we do like what is done at some of the larger concerts where you sort of extend the footprint of the venue, put fencing in. Exactly. And so then you have like maybe an outside the stadium beer garden or maybe extend it to where the, um, you know, the river bowl there where the tailgates are. Exactly. There are ways where you could kind of um, be creative and overcome that challenge if um, if you want to make sure that the you know folks aren't sort of going off site like going downtown at halftime and coming back if if that's one of your concerns I think it's a solvable problem it, it, it seems like it should be uh, absolutely and. I also think that there's been this notion that I've always heard this ever since I was a kid growing up in Missoula that if they sold beer at games, people would just get so drunk. Yeah. 
I don't think that that's true. First of all, if you've ever been to a Grizz game, people are taking care of getting drunk perfectly fine. And in fact, in a not very good way sometimes. So you wonder, though, if you actually if you didn't have to, quote unquote, load up, so to speak, and just drink all this beer before you go to the game, because, you know, you're going to be in the stadium for an hour and a half before you can have another one. Regardless, we're not with that. We're tripping down the rabbit hole of analyzing people's binge drinking. But regardless, it seems to me, though, that uh, there would actually be an opportunity to regulate the amount of intoxication more if you had beer more readily available. Yeah, I mean, this is a broad question with access to any controlled substance. And, you know, when you say analyzing people's binge habits, I mean, that's exactly what we need to be thinking about. Um, In fact, there have been studies, um, I think, in some of the SEC schools where they found that serving, if they sell beer at the stadium, they have fewer incidents of binge drinking, fewer problems. And the idea there is exactly what you kind of intimated. It's like folks are not, you know, in at their tailgate loading up on booze before they walk into the stadium trying to get ahead of it or, you know, at halftime going out and loading up or smuggling in something that might be a lot more potent sure. than, than beer. Beer is sort of a slow drip and um, you can certainly get drunk on it, as we all know, but uh, I don't think it's quite as a problem as some, uh, quite the problem that some of the heavier stuff that folks can uh, smuggle in. The other thing that this would uh, help remedy, at least in my opinion, is I think that the biggest issue uh, from From a game day atmosphere standpoint at the University of Montana currently is how the first five to seven minutes of the third quarter, the stadium is less than half full. The veteran coaches in the Big Sky Conference, and I can tell you this on the record because they have told me this on the record. Guys like Bo Baldwin, who was at Eastern Washington for nine years, or Jay Hill, who's now entering his eighth season at Weber State. They defer at the coin toss and or choose to kick because they want the ball first in the second half because they know that the stadium is going to be half full. (laughs) Montana lost a game like this. The night game against Eastern Washington went Bob Stitz last year. The Grizz are up 24-6, and Eastern gets the ball after halftime, marches down the field, scores, gets a turnover, and then hits a big play. And now all of a sudden it's uh, 24-20, and... 17 of the 26,000 people in the stands haven't even come back inside. They don't even know what hit them. Right. If you didn't have to go out and... T- I just shouldn't say have to. I'm, I'm continuing to imply this is a necessity. It's not. You don't <laughs> need to go out and chug beer at halftime. Regardless, if you want to, fine, do it. What I'm saying, though, is if there... Well, I, I just think a lot more people would stay and watch the halftime performance. The band. You know, look at the stats. Mingle with the people in your section. Eat a cupcake. Whatever. If they didn't knew that they didn't have to go out of the stadium and then come back in because the exit and the reentry is such a task. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of a pragmatist when it comes to this. I mean, people are going to consume alcohol at these events. That's right. And you know, if it can be managed safely, it can. Be, if it can be managed for better outcomes, both for the the customers, the students, the community. All of these, you know, constituents, I think it's better to have alcohol at the stadium. And if the University of Montana or you know, any university can structure it in such a way that they can get a piece of that revenue, it can be a benefit. And I think it can also open up possibilities for other sports. I mean, you sure. talk about basketball, softball, volleyball. Yep. We have some really cool other venues yep. on campus that, um, and, and other days on the calendar, not just Sunday mornings and afternoons where, you know, we we could get people out for these sorts of events and, and, and you know, get them a little lubricated and have a funner time. 
the I've been thinking about this and talking about this too with the ownership of the Missoula Paddleheads, who, by the way, they do a logistically a great job. I think that University of Montana and Montana State could learn from both the Paddleheads and Logjam, two different uh, sort of event coordinating entities that sell beer at the at sure. their uh, events, but. The Paddleheads have done something smart. They've done a, they have a ton of different promotions within their uh, beer selling, whether it's uh, Thirsty Thursdays where beers are two dollars less, or they have the beer batter of the game every in, uh, every game. So if the guy gets a hit for the next fifteen minutes, it's half price beers. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's getting more people to come to your games. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that you would have way more fringe fans or people that just were walking around Dorn Blazer Field that would stop by and sit down and watch a softball game if they could have a couple beers. Mm-hmm. Same thing with volleyball. Volleyball is a, a, just such a quick, fast, fun sport. Hour and a half. If you know you can go for an hour and a half and also have a beverage, maybe you're even more inclined to go. So I do think that right, wrong, or indifferent, it could be a draw to not just football like you're talking about, but pretty much every sport if they were able to have the uh, logistics in place to do it. I think so. I think getting a piece of that action and making a more complete experience for those that want to experience the games in that way, um, yeah, I think it can bring a lot of positives. That said, I mean, there are real logistical, legal, and safety issues to address. You have to do it right. You can't just flip the switch and, and sort of you know, fake your way through it. It has to, it has to be done right. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Justin Angle in studio with me. That completes this version of the business angle, but this show is going to basically be the business angle, an overlay between business and sports. Justin is a professor of business at the University of Montana uh, Business School, so we'll continue to talk about that. But right now, we'll step away from the business angle and talk a little bit more about running in Missoula. It's the Pepsi Youth Sports segment, Angela Bridegam, in studio with us from Girls Run Missoula. More on this great organization right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Troy Anderson has yet another All-American honor, while Trace Tinkle and Tyler Hall have another shot at the NBA. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Anderson, a strapping 6'4", 245-pound senior from Dillon, was one of seven players from the Big Sky Conference who earned preseason first-team All-America honors for the Montana State Bobcats. The do-everything talent was a first-team All-Big Sky pick in 2019, a year after earning unanimous first-team All-League honors offensively after quarterbacking MSU to its first of two straight FCS playoffs appearances. Anderson was the only Big Sky player with Montana roots to earn a spot on the first team, but the Montana Grizzlies led all Big Sky teams with five of the 23 overall selections to the stats performed preseason list. Senior wide receiver Sammy Akim and senior linebacker Jace Lewis earned second team recognition. Junior returner Malik Flowers and senior long snapper Matt O'Donohue earned third team honors. Tickle, a former Missoula Hellgate star who went on to set Oregon State's career scoring record, has been added to the NBA Summer League roster for the Los Angeles Lakers. 
years. Tyler Hall, the all-time leading scorer in Montana State and Big Sky Conference history, has also been added to the Summer League roster. Hall for the New York Knicks. And finally, Missoula's Kylie Esch fired a final round 2-under-70 at Meadowlark Country Club in Great Falls to outlast Bozeman's Cameron Basie in the Montana Women's State Amateur Golf Championship over the weekend. Esch currently golfs at Montana. Welcome back. Happy Tuesday. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. It's Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana Television, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, located at the corner of Stevens and Mount. Go check them out. They have the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Justin Angle riding with me, co-hosting today, and we have a special guest in studio. It's Angela Brittigum from Girls Run Missoula. It's part of our Pepsi Youth Sports segment. We do this the first Tuesday of each month highlighting different activities for any of your youth out in the community they might want to participate in. And this is a cool organization coming up on existing for about a year. And I'm fascinated to learn more about this, Angela, because uh, as somebody that's covered sports in various capacities for about 15 years in this state, uh, I would contend that probably the most consistently elite athletes that come out of the state of Montana as youths are uh, female distance runners. And Sage Brooks from Missoula Hellgate will join us here in about an hour uh, on Nuanas now, but she's headed to Syracuse and she's the latest uh, of a long line of, of girls that have gone on to high-level Division One and been outstanding distance runners uh, in the state of Montana. Uh, so that phenomenon in itself has always been interesting to me. But tell us more about Girls Run Missoula because this is sort of an entry point for some of those young girls that maybe someday can become elite like Sage Brooks. Yeah, thanks, Coulter. Happy to be here. Uh, you hit it right on the head right from the beginning. We have excellent high school running programs all across the board. We have some pretty good opportunities at the university level as well. And when I was doing a community assessment a few years back, I realized there's a huge gap in uh, the running opportunities that exist here, especially for girls at the elementary level. And I think some of that comes from people being reticent to work with kids at a younger level, not knowing what's appropriate physically, uh, especially when you're looking at distance running. And so... um, I started Girls Run Missoula, like you said, about a year ago during a pandemic. Nothing I ever thought I would do. (laughs) Right. Uh, Lots of out of school time, right? And parents wondering, my kids aren't um, being exposed to any other children. So looking at um, things we know about social emotional development and opportunities to be together. And so Girls Run Missoula was pretty much a perfect fit because it's an outdoor program that provides the opportunity to not be really close while engaging with one another. And um, uh, the increased out of school uh, time meant that people were kind of sitting around doing not much. Mm -hmm. And so it was a great time to pilot the program to say, hey, this is a new idea. Um, What do you think? And so it's a non-competitive running program, like you said, for third through fifth grade girls um, to encourage the adoption of uh, fitness discipline, this being running, why running? Uh, running helps kids in um, improve in multiple areas, uh, different sports, um, 
It allows uh, for the opportunity to develop healthy relationships. They're great uh, mentors in the field of running. And um, not to get too nerdy, I'm pretty into research, but there's a lot of brain research that shows that when you do what's called bilateral stimulation, which is the act of running and walking, it provides access to different parts of your brain that allows you to be more vulnerable. I'll Mm. stop right there because I know that that's probably not what we're here for. But the reason that's important is because girls ages 8 through 11 and eventually into middle school, um, they're dealing with a lot of stuff, right? Like now girls, um, it's a great time to be a girl. There are loads of opportunities for girls like never before. And at the same time, we're seeing anxiety levels just shoot through the roof. And that's because we're, um, well, that's because of a lot of reasons. And I won't pretend to be the expert in that area, but I do spend a lot of time reading about it. And um, kids, girls have a lot of pressure. And so being able to spend this time in an outdoor environment, being physically active and accessing those areas of their brain in a healthy peer setting with healthy mentors, we know research shows us that that will set them up to hopefully prevent adverse experiences in their future. So that can include like suicide, teen dating violence, drug, alcohol abuse, the list goes on and on, right? So um, on the surface, it's a fun running program that um, kids get to develop running goals, that builds confidence. We have leadership workshops. We have professionals come in and tell us what they're doing, um, mainly women, so that they can see it. If you see it, you can be it, yeah. right? And, um, yeah, I mean, that's a really quick and dirty rundown. What a cool answer. Angela Burdigum, Girls Run Missoula, in studio with us. It's new on as now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Yeah, and I got two, Angela, it's, it's awesome what you're doing. And I have two daughters in that age range. And I think the, the issues you hit on are spot on. The number of things not only sort of going on with them sociocognitively and biophysically that, that running can kind of tap into, but the sort of if you see it, you can do it. Uh, talk a little bit about the culture of the program, because not every girl can or not every runner can go on to be a Sage Brooks, and not everybody should aspire to that necessarily. Everybody can, but um, yeah, talk about the culture and the non-competitive aspect and kind of what, what that means for the program. Yeah, that's a great question. That's something that comes up over and over with parents and yeah. funders and donors. Um, so providing a non-competitive program is more difficult than it sounds, right? Mm-hmm. Because we understand sports as being competitive, period. And as it turns out, at all ages. Yeah. And so um, what that means is, uh, for Girls Run Missoula specifically, is that the culture is that you set your own goals and mm-hmm. you create your own successes. So we have two 5K runs throughout the eight-week session. The first is an intro. Many of these girls have never run three miles. They don't really even know what a 5K is. The second is an accomplishment 5K. From the first to the last, you get the opportunity as a program participant to set your own goals. So maybe that is, I want to run more, walk less. Maybe that's, I want it to be more comfortable to actually finish it running and walking. Some girls have a time goal that I want to finish this in 25 minutes, 35 minutes. We don't time our 5Ks specifically because we don't want to promote that as being the only way to be successful. So anybody who understands anything about coaching knows that there are, a myriad of different approaches, right? And so I would say that Girls Run Missoula's approach is absolutely one that encourages the internal motivation of each child so that they can find their own success. There's not one success. It doesn't look the same every single time. So you're absolutely right. They may not end up being an Olympic runner or an athlete at the college level, but that doesn't mean they're not getting the same benefits from this program that will lead them to be successful in 
many other aspects of their life. In terms of the age range here, um, we've learned relatively recently football for eight-year-olds is not great. Weightlifting for eight-year-olds is not great. But it seems like running around outside for eight-year-olds seems great. But maybe for people that are hesitant to get their their daughters into a disciplined running program at such a young age, sort of uh, why is it okay for, for girls of that age range to be participating like this? Yeah, so I think it would be helpful to answer that question and just run you through what a day at Girls Run Missoula looks like. Uh, we spend about 30 minutes talking about leadership development, whether that's a guest speaker from the community or myself or any other um, leader talking about what does it look like to take healthy risks and um, confidence building in that way. What does your inner superpower look like? Things like that. We spend um, time doing running games, obstacle courses, relay races, trail running, road running, and never except for during the 5Ks are we just pounding the pavement for three miles straight. It's all about small segments and going at your own pace. We, we really encourage the girls, this is a really important piece of this program, to check in with themselves. This is a really great opportunity to introduce the idea of peer pressure and making decisions for yourself. So if, Justin, you say, um, Angela, you know my foot hurts. I don't want to mm-hmm. play even in something like a running game. I'm going to say to you, sit out. That's absolutely fine. And that gives you the opportunity to flex that muscle. It gives you a little bit of independence. That's what these girls want right now. And the stakes are low. And they're doing something that not their peers, that their peers are not doing, right? And so they also, um, so that's that piece, but it also is them checking their physical fitness abilities as well. Yeah, that seems to be a huge issue. And I think, you know, researchers are learning more and more about energy deficit and its effects on athletes over time. And there's all these incentives for athletes, particularly endurance athletes, to be lighter and leaner. And that can lead, you know, all, all genders into lots of problems, particularly young women. Um, how, how is that sort of, you know, the other aspects of life, your diet, your sleep, other things that maybe parents can be more in tune with? How is How are those aspects promoted within your program? Yeah, absolutely. We have um, we have a nutrition segment, hydration, sleep um, segments in each. Those are broken out into each week. Um, and obviously with nutrition comes body image concerns Mm -hmm. and what we're supposed to look like. And that comes with cultural expectations too. We have a whole discussion around what is expected of me both physically and then like otherwise. And so um, you can't be fully wholly wholly healthy without paying attention to that even at this young age as much as as parents we don't want that to be the case awesome angela bertigum girls run missoula joining us in studio it's part of our pepsi youth sports segment we do this the first tuesday of each month here on nuanas now pepsi is a proud sponsor of youth athletics across the missoula community and across the state of montana so, Angela, the uh, the ultimate question then, how do people get involved? I know you guys have been very busy, so this is sort of a high-demand uh, club to be a part of, right? I hope it doesn't feel like a club. Sure, I don't want sure. it to feel exclusive. Yes. That is a value of mine that it's accessible to all. We offer scholarships. I want to lead with that 100%. Um, we start the fall season, September 13th. We're offering, we're expanding this fall to multiple locations from Target Range to Frenchtown to Lolo to, um, we're offering... Um, all schools at Playfair and then at St. Joe's Elementary. And uh, go to the website, www.girlsrunmissoula.com. 
We also, um, I can't, I can't finish up without thanking Lithia Toyota of Missoula for being an excellent sponsor for this program financially. We are successful because of that support. Jeremy Nelson over Shout out over to there. Jeremy, it's, big sponsor of this show too. Thanks, Jeremy. He's yeah. actually the one that led us to you. So uh, very cool. Uh, appreciate Jeremy for nice. uh, setting up this great segment. That's right. Yeah. Jeremy believes 100% in girls empowerment, girls leadership. Um, it, it's been phenomenal among other donors that have reached out and just help the program succeed. Um, another aspect of this that I want middle school and high schoolers to know is that there are mentorship opportunities. Uh, Justin and I were talking before the show about how peers really influence one another easily. And so because of that, middle school and high schoolers can uh, develop leadership leadership skills and opportunities for them to, to see what they look like in leadership by um, leading these groups in conjunction with adults, of course. So please check that out if you want to do some volunteering in the community. It's something great to put on your resume. It will help you become a better person. www.girlsrunmissoula.com. Sign up. It'll shoot an email straight to me, and I will be in touch with you. Angela, thank you so much. Very awesome organization. Again, girlsrunmissoula.com. Go sign your kiddos up between 8 and 11 years old. A perfect opportunity for them to get started in Athletics that is a lot more holistic of an entry point than maybe you might find anywhere else. Thank you so much for swinging by. Thank you. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television, Treasure State Stars, highlighting some of the best amateur athletes in the state of Montana each and every week coming up next, including what a story. Kylie Esch comes all the way back from a gigantic cancer scare to become the greatest golfer in the state of Montana. More on that and some other Treasure State Stars right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Missoula. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. good friend Justin Angle. He is a business professor at the University of Montana and a good friend of this show in studio with me. He and I do the business angle together every other Tuesday, but we're doing an elongated version of that in the midst of a Tuesday show. So we'll get back into sort of the overlay between business and sports here in just a minute. But it's a Tuesday, and that means we got to appease and satisfy you, the loyal listeners, in a couple different ways. Coming up, our Treasure State Stars. 
highlighting some of the best performances of the week from around the state of Montana. But first, are you hungry? Because I know you are. And you want yourself a sandwich. Tagliari Deli, one of the great summer meals you can find anywhere. You can call it in. You can go online and order. They'll have it ready for you. You can just pick it up right there. You don't have to wait at all. It's the best sandwich you're going to find in Missoula. They've been named Best Deli and Best Sandwich by outlets like the Food Network, People Magazine. I, I'm telling you, this outlet, it is the best sandwich you're going to find anywhere. So give us a call right now because I have $25 to Tagliari Deli for a Tagliari gift card. 888-1029. That's 888-1029. Caller number two, we have a $25 gift card to Tagliari Delicatessen here in Missoula. If you don't win, go check them out. The Megadeth, the Beach Boy, Hall & Oats, all those sandwiches are good suggestions of mine. But they're located right there by the roundabout uh, corner of Beckwith and Higgins. So go check out Tagliari Deli Best Sandwiches in Missoula. And check out Nuanas now each and every Tuesday for your chance to win free Tagliari Delicatessen. Time now for our Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union has the best mobile and online banking experience in Montana. Parkside Credit Union is always investing in tech and always saying yes. Several Treasure State Stars to get to. Number one, actually funny that we've been doing Treasure State Stars for a little over a year now. And this guy, I think, is the best athlete in the state of Montana, period. And this is his first appearance. Probably the first of many. It's because he plays football at Montana State. His name's Troy Anderson. You probably heard of him. He uh, is an unbelievable talent. I, perhaps the most talented player I've ever seen come through the Montana State program in my 11 years covering the Bobcats. And I think he's primed for a huge senior season, and so does Stats Perform, which is the national entity that produces content uh, around the FCS. He was named, Troy Anderson was named, a preseason first-team All-American yesterday by Hero or by uh, Stats Perform, excuse me. And uh, a harbinger of good things to come. I think that uh, Troy Anderson can stay healthy and put things together. Uh, he, he's one of the most diverse, explosive, and powerful athletes uh, you will come across. I mean, at 6'4", 240, he probably could still be a, a placer in the sprints at the Big Sky Conference. He's that talented, that fast. So, Treasure State star number one. Probably the first of many for him, Troy Anderson from Montana State football. Treasure State star number two, the entire Helena Senators American Legion baseball team. What a great run by Helena. They come to the uh, State AA tournament in Great Falls this last weekend. And first, they knock off the defending state champion Bozeman Bucks. Then they get dropped into the... Uh, the loser's bracket, and they fight their way all the way back, culminating in a 7-5 victory over the Billings Royals on Sunday afternoon, the sixth game of the tournament for the Senators, the most by any team in the field, and they are the Class AA state champions for American Legion in Montana for the first time since 2003. They had to play three consecutive one-run loser-out games to get into the championship round, and then they put away a Billings Royals team that entered this tournament on a 20-game winning streak. So both Helena and the Royals are headed uh, to the uh, Northwest Regional in Gillette, Wyoming next week. But congratulations to the Helena Senators, Treasure State star number two here uh, this week after their state championship in Class AA American Legion. Treasure State star number three, the entire Missoula Battleheads team. This team continues to roll uh, after last night's victory over the Grand Junction Rockies. The Battleheads now have continued to, uh, they have not lost a series so far this entire year. Every single series, they've come out victorious, including uh, a 4-2 series victory over uh, Grand Junction this last week. And the Battleheads now, they boast the best record in all of independent league baseball in the entire United States of America. So the transition to independent ball been uh one that's been very good for Missoula Paddleheads, and we will continue to uh, carry Missoula Paddleheads games 
every single weeknight, every single weekend night, the only day they're not on ESPN Missoula is the only days they don't play, Tuesdays. That's the only off days for the Pioneer League this year. So the Missoula Paddleheads, you can find all that action on ESPN Missoula each and every evening. Jeff Safford on the call. Treasure State star number four, our final Treasure State star, presented by Parkside Credit Union, Kylie Esch. One of the great prep golfers to come out of Montana in recent years. Uh, Multiple-time state champion at Missoula Loyola. She stays home and goes to the University of Montana. And she was uh, a a top-ten placer at the Big Sky uh, Championship tournaments a couple times in a row. Then she was stricken with uh, a rare form of stomach cancer uh, that really knocked her down. And uh, it, it was touch and go there for a while. She was fighting hard. And she has come all the way back from that. And in her first tournament in more than a year at the uh, Montana Women's State Amateur Golf Tournament in Great Falls last weekend, Esh fired a final round 70. That's two under par for those count at home to take the victory. She outlasted Brittany Basie. Uh, Cameron Basie, excuse me, Brittany Basie is Montana State's golf coach and the mother of Cameron Basie, but uh, Kylie Esch outlasts Brittany Basie, and uh, what a outstanding round for her, but also what a full-circle story for Kylie Esch. Somebody has been on this show a couple times, and uh, certainly somebody we were rooting for to return to full health, let alone return to elite golf form. So very cool for her uh, to come full-circle and get that victory. Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes, so go check out Parkside Credit Union here today. A couple minutes left here in the first hour, so I wanted to circle back around. Angela Brittigum from uh, Girls Run Missoula was in studio with us for segment number two. Justin Angle in studio with us right now. But I thought that uh, Angela made an interesting comment. <laughs> it's funny because uh, she said, I'll stop there because we don't want uh, t- to... Uh, Go down the rabbit hole on this thing, but you and I love going down the rabbit hole. Sure, that's why we're here. She made an interesting comment about how um, sort of the method and um, rhythmic nature of running stimulates the brain in multiple different ways to then increase uh, intellectuality and vulnerability. I had never heard that before, but it makes full sense to me because almost every person I know that is a dedicated distance runner, I know that I want to be friends with them because they'll be a great conversationalist. They might be a little quirky, but they're going to be smart. It's almost trying true across the board, right? When I'm covering Montana or Montana State track, I'm always looking for the distance guys afterwards, the distance girls, because they're always going to have something good to say. But that element, I, I, I had never thought of that, but it totally makes sense to me. Yeah, you got a lot of time to spend in your own head, right? Right. I mean, running, you got a lot to think about, but it's not quite as um, dynamic as ball sports, right? And you're not necessarily interacting with teammates. You're, it's 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 an individual sport in in a lot of ways. It's funny through my experience, you know, with with longer races. People say, like, what are you thinking about during those races? I'm like, right. I'm thinking about a ton of stuff. <laughs> and most of what it is is, like, monitoring myself. Hmm. You know, how's my body feeling? Am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Am I going to be nauseous in 20 minutes from now? What do I have to do to head off this foot pain or whatever? And so I think that, you know, might be an aspect of that vulnerability. You have to be really in tune with yourself your own needs and you have to be able to sort of um, address those needs and if that means asking for help to get you know assistance or you know whatever you need uh, that's a big part of it and so maybe that's how that vulnerability manifests I think it's particularly important for for young girls as well so I just want to know how when you get to the thought process and you're like I'm hungry how you just don't just go run home because that's what I always (laughs) do I get to when am I going to be hungry oh now okay I'm done the run is over for me 
Right. Well, you know, I think you got to sort of practice and figure out stuff that you want to eat. And, you know, you know, that's a big thing about races because, like, you know, you're pushing yourself for hours and hours and hours. Like, you're going to get to a point where, like, something that you thought might taste good. Um, and this, you get sweet fatigue in a lot of ways, like, mm. stuff, you know, cookies and candy and M&Ms. You thought, like, oh, yeah, that's good. I can eat that under any circumstance. But if that's all you've been eating for a day and you're, you're, you know, your heart rate's been up for a long time. It's hot. You're a little dehydrated. Those sorts of things don't look so appealing. So putting yourself in that situation repeatedly and understanding kind of what you're interested in eating at those points is kind of the, the, the part of the practice as well, not just the fitness. What's the farthest race you've ever run? I've done a race that was 109 miles. 109 miles. Yeah. How yeah. long does that even take? Well, with these, you know, ultras, it's hugely dependent on the type of terrain. Is it up and down, mm. you know, rugged trail? Is it flatter, dirt road, pavement? You know, this particular, you know, the 109 miler was, you know, pretty rugged terrain. I think that one was like a 22 and a half hour endeavor. So, yeah, you're That's nonstop. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you're not like taking a nap or anything in the middle. You know, I've had some where I had to take a nap. <laughs> really? Those are not ideal. <laughs> uh, ideally, you keep moving. Uh, you know, obviously, you got to you know, resupply, get water, get food. Occasionally, have to change your shoes or whatever. But, you know, um, that's the clock ticking. So if you can keep moving, um, that's all the better. Justin Angle in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It's Nuanas Now. Broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Everybody's joining the SEC. <laughs> it seems inevitable. <laughs> what does it mean, though, for college athletics? Also, speaking of distance runners, perhaps the best performance, well, not even perhaps, I'm proclaiming it as the best performance of the Olympics so far came last night in the men's 400-meter hurdles. We'll put that in perspective for you because this thing blew my mind. All that and more. Plus Olympic coverage and Sage Brooks, Missoula Hellgate standout as part of our senior spotlight. Coming at you in hour number two. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home it's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. <laughs> 